I'm News Nation senior national correspondent Brian Enton, and every week I'll take you behind the scenes of my life on the road, working on the big stories you care about the most. Here's where I'll share all the great interviews that don't make the final cut. Some might be funny, some might be strange, but they're all a part of the puzzle I'm putting together every day to inform you. This is Enton Across America. Hey everybody, this is Brian Enton. Hope you're having a good week. Uh, This is one of those weeks where I really got fired up about something. Um, And it kind of takes a lot uh, to get me mad. Um, I'm pretty even-tempered most of the time. And if I do get mad, I get over things really, really quickly. That's just kind of my personality. But there was something this week that really, really got to me. Um, And if you were watching uh, when I filled in on Dan Abrams Live... Um, you may have have seen it. Um, and again, I don't normally get mad about things. I try to just stay even keeled. Um, but there was something that I felt like I needed to address. Um, and it's actually something that a lot of you brought to my attention. I had so many Twitter messages about this YouTuber named Zav Girl. She's a true crime YouTuber. And um, there was so much outrage because she posted pictures of 11-year-old Gannon Stoke. Um, You might remember he was a little boy from Colorado. Awful, awful story. 11 years old, stabbed 18 times, hit over the head, shot, stuffed into a suitcase, and murdered um, all at the hands of his stepmother. Awful, awful story. It was an awful trial. They did so much to try to keep those autopsy photos from getting out in the public. The trial was live streamed. They didn't show the photos. But this Zav girl, that's her name, the YouTube channel, um, she put in an open records request, which you're allowed to do. um, Paid about $400, I'm told. Requested all of the files from the uh, the case, all the evidence, and she got those autopsy photos. Just awful. I mean, imagine what those autopsy photos look like. It's one of the most brutal murders ever, uh, the judge over the case said. Most horrific case he'd ever had, he said. I mean, the kid was stabbed 18 times, hit over the head, shot, shoved in a suitcase. You know, no one wants to see those photos. The jury has to see the photos. That's how it works. I mean, that's the way the legal system works. It's part of the job. Um, They have to see all the evidence, but those photos don't belong in the public. But anyway, this Zav girl, she posted the photos. Um, She's, again, a YouTuber. She posted them on her Patreon account, and she actually was charging people to see the photos. You had to pay $3 to see those photos of little Gannon's body. And um, so many people just went crazy over this and so did I. I mean it just it just got to me. And like I said, I don't usually let things get to me especially with all the stories that we cover and all the awful crimes, but something about this woman revictimizing this family and them having to know that their child's autopsy photos were online just really really got to me. Um this YouTuber Zav girl, she basically claimed that she didn't want to upset anyone that they were posted for scientific reasons, I think is what she said. I mean, it was all just honestly a bunch of BS. Um, And the family was really, really upset about it, and you can understand why. Well, we had the lead prosecutor 
uh, of the case on Michael Allen. Um, he actually uh, came on News Nation with us. He was also very upset when he got word that this YouTuber posted the autopsy photos. Was worried of how this would impact the family that was already grieving and going through everything with a trial. And now this. Um, listen, listen to what Michael Allen told me. Thank you for being with us, Michael. You were the lead prosecutor. You had to go through that whole trial. Um, I, I can't even imagine, like, this just got me so mad thinking about Gannon's family. I know they're aware of this. I mean, how are they processing all of this? Well, thanks for having me on to talk about this, first off. Uh, we reached out to the family members and, and had discussions with them about this, just letting them know that, one, it's happening and sort of what they can do potentially to combat this. But honestly, there's nothing they can do to get these photos down once they're on the Internet. It's it's just completely disrespectful uh, to the family members that had have had to live through this horror. But even more so, it's, I mean, Gannon deserves so much more in life uh, from his stepmother. And he certainly learned, uh, deserves dignity and respect in death. And, and there's nothing about what this YouTuber is doing. And, and I think there's another one out there as well that they're doing that provides any dignity or respect to Gannon. And the statement that they put out about this incident, uh, sort of justifying it, it just rings hollow. Mm. Other ways to do this, uh, scientifically, uh, they could have used body diagrams that the autopsy also included. Instead of putting the actual pictures of Gannon's just completely broken body uh, that reflects the depravity and horror that he had to live through and, and die at the hands of his stepmother that he had to suffer. It's just, it's outright disgusting. And and it just speaks to the lowest of, of human forms, in my opinion. So the lead prosecutor, Michael Allen, not happy about this. Um, not much that can be done, he said. Um, he didn't believe that any laws were broken. Uh, we also had little um, Gannon's dad on... News Nation. His name's Al. Um, just a wonderful man. Again, you have to think of what he's been through. Uh, you know, his former wife killing little Gannon and then um, having to go through the trial, which was awful, and now having to worry that, that these autopsy photos, that he's going to go on YouTube and stumble upon these autopsy photos. Um, I want you to hear a little bit of my conversation with Al. It is re-traumatizing. It's hard to, you know, we just finished the trial just over two months ago, Brian, and, and now we're having to kind of relive some of this stuff and, and not being able to put it behind us. Yeah, and I think for me, like, what really pushed it over the edge was the charging the money. I mean, obviously posting it alone would be disgusting, but then charging money to see those photos, it's just, it's really, really just awful. I, the word I use to describe it is evil, Brian. Uh, in my my opinion, it's just evil. Like we we the world got enough information from the trial to have every discussion they want to have. Why do we need to go have a freedom of information request and pay for this kind of information and then dishonor my son by putting these photos out there like that? I mean, the world got to see it. I, I don't know how well you followed it, but the only day I chose not to come to the trial was the day that they showed the autopsy photos. Now I feel like I can't even go on YouTube without the possibility of accidentally coming across these photos. Yeah, and I, I, when we talked to the prosecutor last night, I mean, they, they made a special effort to make sure that those photos were not released on the live stream. Um, in other trials that I've covered, they, they always do that. I mean, they just want the jurors to see them because that's part of, obviously, the legal process, but it's not the kind of thing that the public uh, needs to see at all. 
Um, do you think you may take legal action? Is, is there anything that you can do to, to get these off the internet to sort of like protect your son? We've talked through some of those options. The hard part, Brian, is I, I am just emotionally and psychologically and financially maxed out from this the last three plus years of this process to take legal action. I, I just don't know if I have that in me. But what I'm trying to do with you tonight, and I appreciate you having us on, uh, is to help shape the narrative. And I, and I don't really think I have to do much. I Based on the messages you've received and the feedback I've seen from other responses, I don't think it's going to take much from us to have these people, um, you know, pointed repointed in the right direction. Yeah, I think people just lose sight of the fact that these are real families dealing with this. I mean, there, there's a true crime community and 99% of them have good intentions and are really focused on the victims. I'm sure you felt that um, through all of this, but, but there's just those bad apples out there that are trying to make money. The other thing I keep thinking about is the fact that that she and others were even able to get the photos. It seems like there should be some kind of law or it shouldn't, it shouldn't be that easy to just write a check and put in a request and be able to get those photos sent to you. Yeah, once again, I think that's a question for a legal representative. Uh, you know, I do believe in uh, the freedom of information to a certain extent, but the, I think the problem from my perspective is you can't always control what someone with evil intentions will do. And that's what we have in this case here. So I don't know, I'm not a legal guy. I'd have to look at the ins and outs of the FOIA Act and all that, but yeah. you know, there is a lot of good that comes out of release of information. It's just in this instance, you know, and, and having to bear this burden myself, it's hard to say this, but in this instance, someone has taken that and turned it into evil. I totally agree with you. Um, well, Al, th thank you for coming on. Again, I'm so sorry that you had to go through this. I totally understand you being emotionally exhausted and this now just adding on to that. I just, I hope that people will continue to be outraged by this and they can sort of police themselves in a way on YouTube um, because it's just, you know, it's just, it's just awful, especially when, uh, when you think about family members like you, Al. So th thank you for coming on tonight. I, I, hope, I hope people who posted the photos are watching and can hear it, hear it straight from you, how, how it makes you feel. Yeah, I hope so too, Brian. And in closing, I do want to leave you with, I think we're, we're really getting focused on less than 1% of the people because the majority of people I've come in contact with uh, throughout this pa past three plus years have been absolutely sustained me mm. and uh, helped me to fight through this process. Um, for my son. So I do want to give um, credit where credit is due on that. And I think those people will uh, will continue to shape the narrative that this is unacceptable behavior by a very small portion of people that uh, seek to benefit from, uh, you know, my son's, you know, hor those horrible pictures of my son. So thank you again, Brian. Yeah, thank you. I, I totally agree with you. I'm glad you said that. I will be in touch. Hopefully we can stay on the story and maybe we can find some uh, some lawmakers or someone who want to spearhead a project to, to just make it a little more difficult, obviously. Like you said, it's good to be able to file a FOIA and get information, um, but certain things I think are just, just too much. It should be a little more difficult. So thank you again, Al. We'll be in touch. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
So you heard Al upset, which is really what gets me. I mean, to think again of these families being re-victimized. And we do have a responsibility covering these crime stories to always put the victims first. Um, and that's why I wanted to highlight this situation with Zav Girl. It wasn't so much to call her out. Um, it was more to send a message to everyone that there are real people. These are not just stories. These are real families grieving. And look, I need to be reminded of that too sometimes. Would I ever post a kid's autopsy photos? No. But have I ever gone a little too far and felt bad about it in the moment? Yes. Um, it's, you know, we get so into the, into the stories and covering the, the cases. And I put an open records request too. And you want to you wanna get the scoop, you know? We all do. People would be lying if they didn't say that, journalists. But at the end of the day, you have to remember that maybe it's a job for us, but these are real families. Um, and I always just think to myself, like, I'm not going to do anything that makes it so I can't sleep at night. I'm not going to do anything so I'm laying in bed thinking, gosh, did I push it too far and upset a family member from, from this story that I'm working on. It's just not worth it because... Um, it's just not worth it. We had uh, Lauren Mathias on. She is a really, really good YouTuber. She's got the Hidden True Crime podcast, YouTuber and podcaster. She used to be in the news biz. She started her own podcast. Um, I actually met her at the Lori Vallow trial. Just wonderful, wonderful woman. Shows what um, really good ethical podcasters can do. Um, and, and she made a really good point that we are responsible to be voices for victims in in this role as journalists and podcasters especially when it comes to kids i thought she summarized it so well listen to what lauren told me you know as a society we should be protecting children children are vulnerable children are innocent that's what gannon stands for that is why mm. we're all heartbroken over what happened to gannon and so to re-victimize this child who represents that innocence that was taken away from him, this little boy that doesn't have a voice, that never had a voice, we are responsible to, to now be that voice for him, you know? And, mm. and so I think that's the thing that traumatizes me the most about this is just that all of us, all of the creators, you know, and I, I believe that there are more creators that shared these pictures, um, we should be thinking about protecting children in, in life and in death. We protect children. We protect their vulnerability. We protect their bodies. We protect who they are. And, and it's up to us to do that. Yeah. And I just, I think about the trials that we've covered, even Vallow recently, you know, you sit in the courtroom, we sat together um, and you see what these families go through and you see the way they have to leave the courtroom when certain photos are showed. And I just don't think some of these YouTubers realize that these are like real people. Um, Peter, I'm curious, you're a lawyer. Like how was she able to get these photos? Like why should these photos, why should you be able to write a check to the government? I think she paid $400 and received these photos. So Florida has one of the most liberal Freedom of Information Act laws with the Sunshine Law because Florida puts a, a big emphasis on the public having access to public documents. And I am all for that. But there is literally a law in place with an exception for autopsy photos, especially of minors that have died as a result of domestic violence. And the only way that those can be released is if it is to 
the deceased parents or close family members. So these autopsy photos should have never been included in any Freedom of Information Act request. And frankly, there is a third degree felony in the statute for the custodian of records if they willfully and knowingly released these documents. Now, my guess is what happened is she requested the entire file and they sent the entire file and just didn't do their job to look through and pull these photos out. So at the end of the day, I really believe, you know, 99% of, of the podcasters and the people in this true crime community that I'm now a part of are really, really good, good hearted. And um, Al Gannon's dad said the same thing. I mean, he got a lot of support during the trial from people online, from the true crime community. So I don't think I don't I don't want to make it sound like I'm saying that this is a widespread problem, but it is a problem. And and again, maybe not as extreme as posting autopsy photos like what Zab Girl did, but so many comments where it's just think about the family. Think about if they read these things, just try to be respectful. And again, I remind myself of that, too. None of us are perfect. Um, but one thing I'm really pleased about is since we started covering the Zav girl story, a lot of people have reached out. They've reached out to the family. There's a push now to pass new laws so that these autopsy photos, especially of children, can't necessarily be released. Um, I interviewed uh, attorney Matt Hinson. He was actually the attorney for Tristan Bailey, a 13-year-old little girl in Florida, stabbed more than 100 times by a classmate and murdered. Another awful story. But they actually passed a law in Florida after that murder. Uh, Matt Hinson helped write the law with, with the family of Tristan so that these autopsy photos and crime scene photos involving kids couldn't be released. Um, so he's kind of an expert in the field. He cleared up for me whether Zav Girl got Gannon's photos from Colorado or Florida. And the reason I bring Florida into it is because while the trial was in, in Colorado for Gannon's murder, his little body was discovered in Florida in the suitcase. So there were questions about, well, did the pictures get released from Florida or from Colorado? Uh, he believes they got released from Colorado. Listen, listen to attorney Matt Hinson. It's starting to look more like the photos actually were released by Colorado. Can you explain? What, we, what we've learned just in researching today is it, it does appear that these photos were released during a public records request that was made in Colorado, just from the initial information we have. Um, but the, I think the bigger picture here is not just what's happening in a state-by-state -state perspective, but what are we doing as a society to protect these children, to protect the victims' families in this situation? And that's what the Tristan Bailey Memorial Fund and the foundation is set up to do, and that's what their family is dedicated to do. And they are, they are set that they are going to do this across the United States and help other families that are in other countries. Or, I'm sorry, other states. And I know you got the law through, you got the law through in, um, in Florida. Uh, I mean, could you do something in, in Colorado now with the foundation now that you've heard about Gannon's story? Well, certainly the foundation is, is willing to work with all victims. One of the big proponents and one of the big pr uh, portions of this foundation is to work on victim advocacy whether it's through teaching families how to deal with the media aspects and the prosecutorial aspects of the case, but also through legislative action. And whether that's in Florida or whether that's in a different state, I, I can tell you the, the Bailey family is, is very set on helping all victims and their families.
I want to read you something, Matt. This is um, a viewer email that we got um, after one of our segments this week from someone named Mike in Providence, Rhode Island. And this is a question that I've gotten over and over again. Why aren't uh, your commentators asking the question or talking about the fact that Gannon was 11 years old and being he was a minor, how could they post naked photos of him? Wouldn't that be considered child porn, lewd photos, and be a felony? Uh, your people aren't talking about that at all. I'd like to know why this YouTuber isn't being charged for posting lewd photos of a minor. Um, I just have to say, I, I didn't see the video um, with my own eyes, so I don't know that the photos were actually of him naked. There's been a lot of discussion about that online, but if they were, I mean, wouldn't that be a crime, Matt? Well, uh, in quite, uh, there's a lot of things that play into these issues, um, whether or not nude photos are crimes or not. But what we're really looking at is whether or not we can make state-by-state -state laws to protect the release of these photos. But then at a more federal perspective, and what I think we would probably consider maybe the, the holy grail of, of uh, victim advocacy would be getting the federal government and the legislature and Congress to do something about protecting these at a larger scale. And uh, I, I would say Justice Potter probably put it best when we talk about absurd and obscene material. You know it when you see it. And I have mm. not seen these folks. I don't want to see them. And I don't think that the American public needs to see them. Uh, for a number of reasons, but just contemplating what they would be, uh, I think you know it when you see it. I think you see it there. And I, yeah. I believe, regardless of that, uh, there needs to be some legislation at both the state and federal level uh, to, to correct these issues. Yeah, and it's unfortunate because, as you know, once these photos are out there, they're always going to be out there. I mean, they're still floating around. Different people post them. Even Gannon's dad said last night, you know, he's, he's like, nervous to go on YouTube now. One of them might po pop up if he's looking up stories about his son. So I think you're right. I mean, a federal law would really be the holy grail, and it seems like something everyone uh, would hopefully be able to agree on. Uh, Matt Hinson, thank you so much for, uh, for coming on tonight and for all the advocacy work that you do. Absolutely, and thanks so much for sharing Tristan's story and all the stories of these victims' families. It's so important, and uh, it's important to remember the victims here, not just the story of how they passed, but who they are and how they live. It is. That's, that's very important. So I think this was really a moment, unfortunate, obviously, what Zab Girl did, but I think it was a moment for everybody to remember to put the victims first. I think it was an awakening within the true crime community. Everybody really stepped up that I could see and banded together to say this is wrong. Um, and I think it sent a really, really strong message. Zav Girl, by the way, also posted a video apologizing for posting the photos, saying she was sorry to Gannon's family. A lot of you pointed out that it, at least initially the video was monetized. There were ads that rubbed people the wrong way you know I want to take her at her word and you know people are like oh I don't believe her apology look again for me it's not about Zav girl it's a bigger message to put the victims families and the victims first so a reminder for all of us and uh, that's the way we can hopefully move forward to see what I'm up to next make sure to tune into News Nation uh, if you don't know how to watch us I know we're still kind of new you don't know where we are on the dial you can go to www.joinnn.com. You just put in your zip code and the channel finder, and we'll show you where to find us. And also don't forget, we are on all the streamers, Hulu, Roku, YouTube TV. Uh, and if you have a story you think that I need to know about, just find me on Twitter. You can shoot me a DM, and I'll make sure to look into it. I'll catch you next time on Enton Across America.